We're rolling snake eyes and we're censoring a pig. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Vex Perfect. And this is Off Screen, your seven day guide to everything movies. Boom. Groovy. Welcome to Off Screen. Let's get cinematic. We are taking you to the cinema. We're keeping you on your couch. We're letting you browse the digital world with streaming. And Van, quite the spread, isn't it? This week, it is yeah. quite the spread. I mean, it is quite the spread each week. But actually, everything's got. Uh, there's there's some really interesting stuff this week, and everything's got its own little bit of pizzazz about it. How you been, Van? I've been, I've been good. I mean, I saw what I think is my favourite movie of the year this week, yeah. which I, I didn't expect it to be. And I'm just going to say up front, it ain't Snake Eyes. But, <laughs> yeah. you know I mean, because we were going to be talking, initially we were going to have uh, Sweet Girl on, on the mm. roster, which is this new action thriller starring Jason Momoa, which is dropping on Netflix uh, today, you know, Friday uh, 20th, which is today. And... Um, we were told there's no links. In fact, the, the term was, we're not giving links out widely. And I wasn't asking for us. I was asking for the Morning Star. So they don't want national newspapers reading it. And this is the second time in a week this has happened with Netflix. And the last time was Beckett, which mm. was the John David Washington movie that came out last Friday. And apparently is just abysmal. So... I'm thinking back to that advert at the beginning of the year that Netflix put out. It's like, we're going to have a new movie like every day this year and they're going to be huge. And we were thinking at the time, like, yeah, but Sky Cinema tried this trick. We've got a new premiere every day. It doesn't mean they're any good. Yeah, Just I was going to say their no quality control it. isn't high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm worried that something similar might be happening to Netflix now. Like, not every movie they chuck out is going to be Red Notice or yeah. The Irishman, you know, like... Some of these have to stink, and um, I'm, I think we're reaching a stage where more Netflix movies are starting to stink. But they're now stinking with, with big actors. Yeah, they're stinking with big names, which is interesting, mm. isn't it? So, yeah, I, I mean, look, we'll, we'll obviously, with the rest of our, our wonderful mm. audience, we'll be watching Sweet Girl when it comes out on on Netflix. You just today. want some Momoa, don't you? Perfect. That's what. Oh, I didn't say that you did, but yes, yeah, seeing that you've mentioned it, um, all is forgiven if this film is really bad. Um, but what we what what we are talking about today, what we can spend a little bit more time than we normally would do talking about, is is Snake Eyes, starring uh, Henry Golding. And so, rather than drooling over Jason Momoa, we're going to use those five minutes that we would have used for Momoa drooling, and we're going to have some more Golding drool instead, which I'm happy about. I'm very happy. Yeah, I mean, as am I. I mean, I did spend quite a while <laughs> Googling Henry Golding after watching Snake Eyes. Good to the image archives, did we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly to say, who's his wife? Who is can I, can I ask, by the way, because yeah. I'm I, I curious about this one. I, I, I don't, you, you, you sort of follow the, 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 the pop culture popularity of a lot of these actors more than I do. Has Henry Golding had work on his teeth done? Because I was watching Snake Eyes thinking, where's that Crazy Rich Asian's gap between his two... From oh. the teeth gone because I remember that quite distinctly. I remember thinking, ah, oh, good for him not having that fixed, and now he's had them fixed. Well, he might have had a nice set of shiny new veneers, but no, I, I mean, you've noticed more than I have on that, so I'm just gonna, you know, you know, you appreciate a good looking man when he's in front of you on the screen. So he, he, is, a, he is a literal live action Asian Disney Prince Charming, that's yeah, literally who the guy is. Yeah, he really is. And I, I was like, swoon. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Here's the question, though, Bax. Is he good enough to make a cinematic, a viable cinematic franchise 
on the third attempt out of G.I. Joe. Is he that good? Do you know what? So I haven't seen any of the other G.I. Joes. I, I, I didn't Ooh. really know. I didn't really know kind of how this franchise works. I don't know anything about it. So I'll come into it cold. And do you know what? I'd say this is a solid three, three and a half star movie, right? Because yeah. it, it, it's, it's capable. It does everything mm. it needs to do. And I love the fact that it's such an Asian-led mm. cast, storyline, location, all that kind of stuff. That really, really works for me. Um, yes. uh, you're probably better explaining to our lovely listeners the synopsis of this in relation to the G.I. Joe franchise because I, I don't want to do it an injustice and I know there's lots well, of fans out there and I don't want to get trolled. <laughs> well, actually, that's the thing. Aren't there lots of fans? Because I don't know anymore. G.I. Joe was like 40 years ago. So G.I. Joe, you know, action figure line from the 80s. And, you know, it was... Do you remember in, in the UK, we had Mask, which was more popular, which was a sort of spin-off of G.I. Joe. Do you remember Mask, the animated no. series? We had, like, warriors who drove cars and the gullwing doors would become actual wings and the cars could take off we had that, but in the US, GI Joe. I remember. Was more... Well, hang on. I don't remember mask. I remember mash. <laughs> oh, mash! Blah, very different thing. <laughs> very I don't different. think anyone wants to make a, a cinematic action franchise out of mash. Although I will support them for trying. Um, GI Joe is the name of an elite counter-terrorist group. Uh, led by General Joe Colton, who in cinematic form has previously been played by Bruce Willis in one of these. It's worth mm. noting. He, he really phoned it in, too. And, uh, you know, shock. The idea here is we are taking that conflict between the, world, the, you know, the, the anti-terrorist force, G.I. Joe, and their arch-nemesis, the evil terrorist cell, Cobra, and we are basically just exploring this bare-bones, you know, Team America concept through sort of reframed through the prism prism of this sort of rebooted revised origin story for what was effectively everyone's fan favorite character he was you know the the silent cool ninja character we are now getting an origin story for so naturally let's go get one of the most charming you know good looking guys on the planet because he's exactly the guy you want under a you know a a brother mask for the rest of this franchise so that's it's the story of how henry golding digs into his past he is this he's this new version of snake eyes he's trying to find out who killed his father when he was young he gets taken in by by a a, a, a rich a, a rich powerful uh young man of sort of comparable age who he um then becomes best friends with who is destined of course to become none other than his arch nemesis storm shadow so this is all prequel setup for stuff that we already had prequel setup for in the first of three versions of attempting to make a cinematic universe out of this but more than just being his origin story of course you've got to set up the joes as well Should we be worried? About Scarlet? No. Major Hera is with the Joes. What? An elite global counter-terrorism unit. They're the good guys. just occurred to me you know in all the times that i've ever said the words now you know and knowing is half the battle that comes from gi joe in the 80s the cartoons used to end with like a psa where they would teach kids not to talk to strangers or don't don't take don't don't get in this van full of candy or things like that and they would say now you know and knowing is half the battle <laughs> so there you go 
Do you know what? Uh, speaking of half the battle, I think half the battle of this movie is getting the action sequences really well done. And I think they've done that really well because when you think of like an Asian fantastical action movie you want to see your people gliding on rooftops you want to see them doing those oversized jumps you want to see them knock out like a uh, like a bowling ball like a whole like host of different like nemesis is there and you see that from right at the beginning so um when when uh, snake eyes first kind of builds you know his his friendship and loyalty to um to his to his then Andrew Best Andrew friend. Koji isn't he? Andrew yeah, Koji's Andrew, character. Andrew. Tommy, um, I think it's Tommy, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, yes, Tommy in it. I can't remember what they call him, but um, there is a moment where suddenly, like, fifty men come in one side, fifty <laughs> men come in the other side, and they 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 aren't phased by this. And then suddenly, like, they do these like jumps in the air that no human could actually do. And I think that is yeah, exactly it, it, what it is. Yeah. Uh, it goes it goes from zero to bonkers on a whim doesn't it and it's it's a very stringent follow of what Roger Ebert used to call the uh the one ninja at a time rule or the one at a time yeah. rule uh where you know only, there's a group of 15 ninjas surrounded but only one will attack them in and they'll, they'll pull yeah, they're all wait waiting for their until, turn. yeah we'll, we'll we'll wait until Steve's at his crack and then we'll go <laughs> and then yeah when we're done Simon can have a go and then oh, Jeff you take a pop when 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 he's down <laughs> Jeff you t- it's that I don't know when these ninjas plan these these elaborate sort of running orders, but the one as a time rule remains intact. Um, the film I think is very good. Henry Henry Golding absolutely living up to you know yeah. the, the charisma, the child, the potential he's got there. I think Andrew Koji is kind of the scene stealer in this though as well as Tommy, particularly towards the end as we start to get into because obviously this character needs to be repositioned in a certain way for the mm. law of GI mm. Joe. Which, you know, not essential knowledge, but if you're watching the film, the way they take that is, is quite well done. It's quite well played. And he's quite a charismatic uh, performer. I mean, to be fair, the minute you see the two of them on screen and one of them's wearing all black and one's wearing all white, yeah. you kind of know which G.I. Joe characters this is going to fill in. Um, beyond that, I mean, Sam Weaving as Scarlet is fine. I mean, she's serviceable. There's not really much to, to work with there. The direction of it, I think, is again, serviceable. But it's Robert Schwenke who did uh, the Divergent series. Mm. And you're just watching it thinking, this feels like a movie you should have handed over more to the stunt guys. And I know that in the scene from our clip in which uh, Scarlet's beating up guys in the bathroom, one of them is Guy De Silva, who's a really great up-and-coming stunt guy. So there is a lot of talent going on behind this. You would never make this movie without certain names appearing in the the choreography and stunt department. And it does make you wonder, were there not better, more qualified directors to take this on? Was there not a John Woo waiting in the wings? You had to... We literally... What we've got with this feels like the whitest samurai movie ever made at times. And at the same time, it's a G.I. Joe samurai movie, so you're kind of okay with it. Yeah. Having said that, I I wish I didn't have to be, though. Yeah, it's it's a Western film Mm. with an Eastern cast, and it kind of... Yeah, and it kind of works in a way because it's going to appeal massively to the Western audience and yet open more doors again for these East Asian actors. And I think that's only a good thing. However, Mm. like, you know, you talk about Samara weaving in there. For me, I think really 
this isn't her film, as we all know. She's going to get her own spin-off prequel, isn't she? Like, we're going to She's properly a Joe character, though. Like, she and the Baroness, who you see is the, 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 the dark-haired lady in the glasses. That was Sienna Miller in the, the 2009 version, by the way. And uh, just great catsuit work in that movie. Just just epic <laughs> Sienna Miller catsuit work in that movie. Uh, that movie does not get anywhere near the... That is a live-action Saturday morning cartoon done right, and I will die on this hill. Anyway, beside the point, um, Scarlet and the Baroness characters like that are legacy Joe characters, so they don't really warrant... It's kind of like having Cyclops in a Wolverine movie. Okay. It's like, it's not his movie. You, you, he can just do the X-Men movie. That's fine. Yeah. But so, but your point, yeah, your point is there and does make sense. Yeah, I do. I just think that some they're lead, they're basically teeing up somewhere down the line. All these individual characters with big names attached will have their own sort of spin-off strokes, prequel Black Widow style kind of thing at some point. But overall, a really solid film, a good action flick. You know, if you love that kind of mystical Asian action samurai movie, it's got that with this Western touch. And really, Snake Eyes is definitely worth your time to see on the big screen, I think. I was going to say, and also, I mean, this, this is kind of a precursor to Shang-Chi in like three weeks' time as well. Yeah. Welcome back to Off Screen. So we took you on a wild ride to the Far East there with Snake Eyes. We're bringing you very firmly back on Western soil with our next offering, which is Censor. Uh, this is a horror movie which um, follows, well, as you can imagine, a film censor in the 1980s called, is it Enid? Enid? She's Enid. 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 Interesting thing about that, it's set in 1985, and I think they're the British Board of Film Censors, which did not exist in 1985. They had become the BBFC by then. They became the BBFC in 95. Right. Gotcha. Thank you for that. Thank you for that historical knowledge. Mm. It's good to know that you fact-checked. Anyway, Enid is a film censor in, in the 1980s, and there is this whole kind of um, movement of highly graphic film, uh, horror films, slasher films that are needing well, to be the, censored. It was the video nasties, wasn't it? This was a very, yeah. and obviously this affected a fair few people. We actually worked with Kermode was quite prolific during the video nasties, for instance. You had yeah. films like Evil Dead and you know the Exorcist and films like that that were basically savaged upon by Mary Whitehouse and tabloid culture in this country where we vilified and we in our lifetimes as well this didn't go away we saw this in the early 90s particularly involving the death of James Bulger mm-hmm. um, with Child's yeah. Play 3 there was an almost a resurgence of the yes. video nasty movement in the press as late as 93, 94 yeah. because of that particular incident but yeah this is all tying back to the original 1980s dodgy horror movies stored under video store counters kind of culture yeah, like pass over to you in brown paper bags. It's that kind mm. of thing. Because obviously the worry is is that what you're seeing on screen may influence certain people to actually act these these things out in real life. And so there's a big job with the horror sensors there. But Enid in this movie has a bit of a parallel uh, reasoning when she starts watching some of these movies to kind of get emotive about it. And that is because her younger sister uh, disappeared when they were kids. And she is trying to solve a mystery. And a, and a video comes along, essentially, that that triggers her to kind of move between that realm of what is fact and what is fiction and how she is going to work towards coming to terms with the fact that her sister is no longer here. Doug Smart, producer, high-dent investment films. Maybe Enid could watch my latest Frederick North submission. Wanted a woman's eye on this film. 
There's this actress. I've got this feeling that's Nina. My sister. You know, if someone did take her, then they're still out there. You've never been clear on exactly what you remember. You'd be surprised what the human brain can edit out when it can't handle the truth. Someone's losing the plot. Now, it's funny that we're going to be talking about Nicolas Cage movie next, because there are times when this movie reminded me of 8mm, the forgotten Joel Schumacher thriller from 1998, when Nicolas Cage is the PI investigating mm. the snuff film. You ever see that one? Mm, Young yeah, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix working in the sex shop. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, to be honest with you, this is stylish. It's, it's a very cool-looking film. It's a very mm. stylish film. And it does have a noticeable... Like, I don't think you can avoid the reverence, the homage, the love it's got for the video nasty culture. It's, it's anchored itself around. Now, the whole thing with that is it's only 83 minutes long. Why does it yeah. feel three times longer? That's yes, the question. Yes, I was going to say... That is the big thing for me. You know what I think? Let's look, focus on the positives. The aesthetic of this film is really good because when mm. you think of the movie uh, of the 80s, and I'm not talking about like the punk 80s kind of feel, the no it's like there's there's a very bland, grey look and feel. Like there was no real fashion for people in their like 30s and mid 40s. Everything wore, was like, scratchy. Yeah. Like they wore like. <laughs> really ill-fitting trousers and shirts for the women and then the men would wear those hideous like Christmas yeah. jumper style things and they captured all of that in the costumes and then you've got this kind of almost stage setup with the lighting and mm. the way that they're sat in these rooms because not a lot happens outside of the sensor office apart from what you see on the movies that they give you and actually what they create in there is it's dark it's dank it's mm. dull because there was nothing that would be as vibrant as the 70s or the 60s were you're kind of moving unless you're a punk and you've got that kind of side to you you're actually quite middle of the road and that's what they show here and then you've kind of got this kind of handheld movie feel to 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 the movies that you're watching and particularly the one where we start seeing the blurred lines of reality and fiction and that for me is where it becomes very student film um which i really didn't sort of enjoy that much um the only thing i i did like was that you'll see this towards the end is where they juxtapose the mm. idyllic versus the horror and i think that was done very yes. well but I, yeah, I'll go with you on that. I'll, exactly, in fact. I'll go with you on that exact point, in fact, because I had the same thought. Um, two things I'll, I'll give it as well on top of that. I think uh, Niamh Algar as Enid in the lead, I think she's very good. There's a great performance there. Um, MVP for me, though, and I feel like I could have I given this out before I'd even watched the thing, is Michael Smiley turns up being deliciously slimy. And Michael Smiley's in your movie, You've Got My Money, first and foremost. It's just a shame he stars in so many Ben Wheatley movies. Um, mm. But, you know, I always know that he's going to be at least one of the best things in any film he's in. He doesn't disappoint yeah. here either. He's the, uh, the slimy producer you've heard in the clip. I don't it's, think this is for everyone, though. No, and, and to be honest, the Michael Smiley thing, he kind of fits that he does Ben Wheatley films and then is in this. <laughs> like, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Um, it does. Yeah, I, this isn't a movie for everyone. This is very much like a, a small, like you might catch it at a Curzon or something like, you know, it's it's not going to be something you'll rush to the cinema. But if you are really into your horror and, you mm. know, you want to like, follow what is out new in horror, then you're going to go and watch this. 
Is it going to make you feel like you've watched 83 minutes? No, it's going to make you feel like you've watched 83 hours. <laughs> I, I think it, it does. It, it is an impressive work of art house horror, though. I'll give it yeah. that. As far as as yeah. far as far very artistic art house horror goes, there's a lot going for this. The, the production is there. The, the performances are there. Certain, certainly the aesthetic is there. Um, it's just, I don't think the script is. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. But let's talk about something that has got a brilliant script um, and a brilliant actor. <laughs> A bonkers storyline, yeah, and actually something that is winning the trophy for possibly Van's favourite film of the year. This is a film called Pig, which stars mm-hmm. a very subdued Nicolas Cage. Something you don't expect. So you you expect. Did to you think he was subdued? Yes, and I liked it. Like okay. I like. Okay, no, wait, 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 wait for it. I don't want to Go spoil on, it. For yeah. um, but he basically is a guy who lives in. He lives away from people um, and and owns a truffle hunting pig, and is it Port- uh, the Portland, yeah, is kind of the Oregon, Portland Oregon woods, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So he's kind of one of those guys that doesn't really converse with with normal society. Hasn't had a phone in years. Doesn't have a TV. Lives in a cabin in the woods. Classic horror movie kind of guy. <laughs> and and he's got this <laughs> this beloved pig, uh, which he he hunts lots of truffles he's got this guy who comes to him and basically pays him to find the best truffles out there and then one day his pig gets kidnapped and he has to go and revisit kind of his old life and and the things he's given up in order to find his beloved pig they're not real you get that right none of it is real the critics aren't real the customers aren't real because this isn't real you aren't real Okay. Derek, why do you care about these people? They don't care about you. None of them. They don't even know you. Because you haven't shown them. Every day you'll wake up and there'll be less of you. You live your life for them and they don't even see you. You don't even see yourself. See? Subdued. <laughs> I'm going to hand that over to you now because I know you're going to go on a monologue about this because you love it so much. First of all, yeah, hands down, film of the year. Um, my beloved friend Chris Wilson, uh, one of the world's most prolific Nicolas Cage fanatics, I texted him just before I started watching this. I said, I'm bound to watch Pig. All I know is the basic concept. That's it. Wish me luck. And he texted me back immediately with, Oh, you enjoy, you're in for quite the ride. Now, I thought that was hyperbole because it's Wilson. He'll say that about any Cage movie. He really somehow did not undersell this. If I don't want to tell you too much about it because so much of the brilliance of Pig comes from the fact that you do not know what kind of film this is. He's a truffle hunter, his pig has been taken. That's the movie, that's all you know. That clip in, in which I'll just tell you that he's making a chef question his life That's all I'm going to tell you about this movie. It's phenomenal. Nicolas Cage, genuinely, and and I know we don't have the video thing up yet, so no one can see this, but I'm doing this with a completely straight face when I say this. Give Nicolas Cage next year's Best Actor Oscar. Seriously, he deserves it. For every seven or eight bonkers thing the man does, the most irritating thing about him is that he will then follow them up with something like this. Every now and again, he chucks out a Joe. Every now and again, there's a pig. It's so annoying that he can be in as much garbage as he can (laughs) and then deliver something as genuinely brilliant 
as this. There is no, you can't compare it to anything. You can't say it's this film meets this film. I wanted to be able to say at one point, oh, this is You Were Never Really Here meets John Wick, but it's not. And then it's, I wanted to say, oh, it's like this meets, you can't because the film is so twisty and subversive and so playful and so sort of knowing about, about what it wants to do with where you think it wants to go that it's just a ball. You have a blast with this. Does it end where you think it does? Hell no. Are, are the twists what you think they are? Oh, God, no. No, not at all. Is Nicolas Cage absolutely brilliant? Yes, yes, he is. Give him the Oscar. <laughs> yeah. And also, just on a wider thing, away from Nicolas Cage, it looks amazing. It's Doesn't got, a, it, yeah. you know, Alex Wolfe is a great supporting character in this. Um, and Adam it, Arkin. I like Adam Arkin as as, as someone he encounters. And Adam Arkin, who we all know has been quite a nice guy because of Chicago Hope and Eight Simple Rules and things like Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We think of him as being quite a nice... And he plays against type here. And it's, again, still quite a nuanced performance. Yeah, it is very good. I really like that. In terms of the visuals, there's like this real autumnal brown, brown leaf look and feel to it. And I think visually, cinematically... From the mm. cinematography, it's done beautifully. So this is a well-rounded movie that I think really highlights the brilliance of Nicolas Cage, as Van so eloquently put. But also, as a film on a whole, everything about it works really, really well. It will surprise th- you. Oh, it, it, hands down, it'll surprise you. But I, I, I'll give it the, the highest compliment I can give a movie. You would have released this during awards season 1999. That's how good it was. And now it's time for a segment we like to call Offscreen Pays the Bills, eh, Bex? Hey, Van, what's going on? Hey, nothing going on but the rent, you know me. Oh, I do, I do indeed. And do you know what? Speaking of rent, one of the many things that I am having to juggle when it comes to managing my finances, and I have spoken about this before, I am not great at managing my finances. I'm very organised in all sorts of other bits of my life, but I do struggle when it comes to money. Sometimes I just don't even want to look at it, and I kind of go, what? Is there money in my account? I'm sure you know, there is, I've, but yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I find that incredible. I've known you for like half a decade and this <laughs> this this floors me to discover this about you, actually. Um, do you know what? Conversely, right, I am a complete organizational disaster, generally. Okay, I can do work stuff, like work stuff I'm organized at, but anything else in the universe that doesn't involve big cinema screens, I'm terribly disorganized, including mm. money, like you. So I am a very big fan of, you know, money... Uh, basically financial tracking apps yeah i love i love an app that i can whack all my accounts in it tells me what's coming out and when what's you know what i've been paid what how much money i how much my budget is in total between all my accounts which is a very disheartening figure i mean every now and again i think oh i'm rich oh no i'm not it's just all in the bills account Damn. but uh I, and I, i've been playing with a few of these apps for a good long time and our sponsor this week has come out with what i genuinely no joke think might be the best one of these and it, it's called simply wallet and you can you can see this for yourself you go over to uh, budgetbakers.com they, mm. you can find a link on there for a Google version of this app an app store Apple app store version of this app. there's even a web app version of this and, uh, and they've, they've got you covered for everything so you can put your bank you can sync it with your bank account you can import your spreadsheets anything you need 
it's got you covered and it'll tell you what bills are coming out well it'll give you financial forecast 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 forecasts uh, predictions if you if it thinks you are going to be skint tomorrow it will tell believe me it will tell you i can tell you first down it will tell you if it thinks you're going to be skint tomorrow it doesn't know how freelancers work i'll give it <laughs> but who does and no i think this is a, a genuinely great at best of all there is a there is a premium tier which i haven't had the chance to play with actually yeah now there's a premium tier as well which gives you even more options and if you knew how many options you were getting in the free version i'm devastated to even try and conjure what must be in the premium one uh, but if you are intrigued to try that you can actually get something of a decent saving on the premium package um, you can get a lifetime subscription to wallet for the price of one year simply Amazing. by visiting budget simply by visiting budgetbakers.com slash off screen uh, so it's available on android and ios and even as a web app it connects with 58,000 banks around the world and it handles any currency you can throw throw at it best of all they're not going to flog your data to anyone so you know any call centers be ringing you anytime soon you did you did they didn't hear it from here that's all yeah. I'm saying. So they're they're a pretty ethical app as well. They don't they're not into lobbying or anything like that. Some other rivals are, uh, and you can get lifetime subscription for the price of one year at budgetbakers.com slash off screen. I've been using it. I think it's a really good app. You should definitely check it out. Will do. Welcome back to Off Screen, and well, you know, you've had your time in the multiplex, so let's get you on that couch, put your feet up, whack the telly on, and see what's showing. And well, some uh, some Oscar love for uh, for our Saturday night pick, then, uh, then Bex. This is obviously uh, a new acquisition, I think, to the to the great movies roster. You know how great movies have that pool of about like 20 movies, and every now and again they'll take five away and replace them with a new five? Yeah. Uh, I think The Social Network, evidently, uh, must be uh, one of the new ones. So The Social Network showing this coming Saturday. I've not got my notes. Do you know what time this is showing on Saturday? So this is showing on great movies at nine o'clock on Saturday. And I have to say, I... I really like this film. Um, mm. Aaron's, it's Aaron Sorkin, isn't it? Um, it is Aaron Sorkin. It's David Fincher directing from a script by Sorkin. Yeah, and like Jesse Eisenberg is great as Mark Zuckerberg in here. I think um, Perfect. also, Perfect. yeah, really good casting. Great, like great Justin Timberlake as well as the guy from Napster. I think he's really good. Like, there's, it's just very clever. You've got, you've got. He's not that we can pocket. say his name without sinning, but Arnie Army Hammer is in that. Oh, as, Army uh, Hammer. Yeah, and then yeah, also... Remember when that was the thing everyone was talking about? How cool <laughs> yeah. it was to have two army hammers? Yeah, we changed our tune on that, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and then Andrew Garfield as well is in this. Is, and, and I think it's a, it's a cool cast. A mm. very, you know, it, it's the right, it was the right time to bring out this topic and cover it. Great director to do it. It kind of absolutely deserved all the buzz that it got and i think it was really well I, i'm quite looking forward to to look to watching it again actually because i remember really enjoying this and i think it's a great saturday night movie and something that i think if you don't know the origins of facebook and the politics behind it and what it means to kind of you know be a university student that comes up and changes the game for the world well this is the movie for you i've already apologized in the crimson to the abhw to Fuerza latina and to any women at Harvard who may have been insulted as I take it that they were. As for any charges stemming from the breach of security, I believe I deserve some recognition from this board. Uh, I'm sorry? Yes. I don't understand. Which part? You deserve recognition. I believe I pointed out some pretty gaping holes in your system. Excuse me, may I? Yes. 
Mr. Zuckerberg, I'm in charge of security for all computers on the Harvard network, and I can assure you of its sophistication. In fact, it was that level of sophistication that led us to you in less than four hours. Four hours? Yes, sir. That would be impressive, except if you had known what you were looking for, you would have seen it written on my dorm room window. It's an incredible performance from GSC Eisenberg. It's just a shame it doesn't work quite as well when he's using it to try and murder Superman. But anyway, so the social network, Saturday night, 9pm, definitely worth a watch. And like you say, Timberlake as Sean Parker is just incredible. Um, there's a surprising amount of, uh, of talent in there as well who became quite big shortly afterwards. You know, like Rooney yeah. Mara and people like that. Yeah. There are loads of people like Rooney Mara and actors of that sort. Great just opening wound scene up becoming with, decent. Yeah. yeah, great opening scene with Rooney Mara and Jesse Eisenberg. Mm. Like, really good acting. Just like tete-a-tete kind of uh, conversation between the two of them. I think, yeah. Because well, Andrew, overall... Andrew Garfield was nobody, wasn't he, when this came out as well? Like, this is a year before he's Spider-Man. This is pre-Spider-Man, mm. yeah. Yeah, but he but was kind so of getting buzz on this side of the pond. I think it was, mm. that's where he's got kind of made his US sort of, uh, you know, hits. Because what? Were, 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 we, were we ever excited about Andrew Garfield? I, yes, I forgot. Did, did this happen? Called, he did a thing called Boy A and he uh, was oh, getting a Oh, I'd forgotten about that. I'd forgotten. I was just like, hang on. I don't remember ever being excited about the existence of Andrew Garfield. It's like Miles Teller. Who cares? But <laughs> one of those things. Anyway, we start the point. Let's... He can be really catty sometimes, man. <laughs> Give him some it's credit. Andrew Garfield. I mean, come on. Wow. Oh, all right. Let's move on to something equally as highbrow as your comments. Then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Equal, equally highbrow. And and let's let's talk about a movie star of such rival clout as Andrew Garfield, Piper Perabo in Kai. Ugly on ITV2. Adam Garcia, come on now. Yeah, he, he really he really went places as well, didn't he? He went all the way to that one Christmas special of Doctor Who in 2006. Yes, my memory works that well. Anyway, Night Fever on the West End. You're being mean. Not only not only do I not only will I absolutely give you claps for that. I will also just point out that my my dear ex flatmate and I do have a habit of listening to Adam Garcia's co uh, cover of Night Fever when we're driving. We love that cover anyway he's in coyote ugly with pipe Perbo. it's on itv2 sunday night 6:55. what a way to wind down the weekend get your coyote ugly on bex hell no h2o <laughs> <laughs> um, i love this movie it dates massively but i don't care the biggest thing to come mm. out of this movie is that number one track by leanne rhymes it's a song, but... isn't it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, can't fight the moonlight. But you know what? This is this for every teenage girl that watched this then went, you know what? I don't want a university education. I don't want anything. I want to be a coyote ugly girl in New York. I'm going to follow the footsteps, footsteps of Piper Perry and hope to become a songwriter, but never actually make it. But I'll work in a bar instead because it's much cooler. That's basically. I mean, I'll, I'll just point out that every teenage boy that watched it had a very different takeaway. But uh, yeah, yeah, to be fair. And also, John Goodman. How much do you love John Goodman? It's back when oh, he still had his weight on as well. Do you know what? I, anyway. I, always, I always cried a little bit in that kind of like the end scene with him when he's just like accepting of his daughter and stuff. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Um, Moving on let's, to, let's uh, them. yeah, let's move to, to the start of the next week, which is on great movies at nine o'clock. We've got Chappie, this robot movie, which I thought was going to do big business. This kind of came out around the same time as District 9 um, and a few other movies of that kind of ilk. There was like a fashionable thing to do, kind of robot, futuristic kind of movies. And Chappie was one of those that came out 
There was that. This was quite groundbreaking at the time for its for its visual effects as well, because what you've got is a performance by Charlotte Copley. That's he, and he's just playing. He's just there on the set, just a dude filming this, and then they have removed him afterwards and animated the robot to to his bodily movements. And the character and the performance are great, um, as, as you'll hear in the clip in a moment. But this is the story of uh, you know effectively a peacekeeping drone robot that gains sentience. It's effectively short circuit in South Africa, yeah. in like yeah. dystopian South Africa. Hugh Jackman as the military tried to hunt him down. And D is it is it D Antwerk? I can't remember the name of the the band. D Ant D Antwerk, I think. Uh, Diane work? Uh, well, De hang on, I don't, I can't remember. Dev Patel's uh, in this as well. Dev Patel is the creator, I believe. Yeah. Hugh, uh, and, and Sigourney Weaver's the big boss. Hugh Jackman's yeah. the enemy. I'm trying to remember who the the musical act are who play the adoptive parents of Chappie the Rubber. Either way, you are going to hear one of them now, voicing Daddy in this clip. Look at Daddy walk. Look how cool he is. You need to keep a gangster. You need to keep a gangster. Yeah. <laughs> be cool. Don't laugh. I'm being cool. Oh, cool. Even when you put a gun, you have to be cool like this. Boom. You try. Die, mother. Boom. Yes, Chappie. That's what you do when you I'm shoot. Cool. No, I can't shoot people. What? I can't shoot them. They didn't do anything to me. Oh, uh, yeah. But what happens if he pulls a gun on you? Titanium, I'm invincible, America says. Yeah, but even if you're invincible, you can't let disrespect you, Holmes. How are you gonna do the heist with us if you don't shoot people? I can't do a heist. A heist is a crime. I, I promise my maker. I just looked it up to see if they were credited um, on IMDb, hmm. and they're not, so I don't know who, <sighs> who it is. I will, I will get. I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it's Deant work or somewhere like that. But uh, it's just a fun movie, anyway. I think yeah. it's better than it got credit for at the time, and it's yeah. aged quite well as well. I think taking it now as a sort of 21st century equivalent to Short Circuit is probably the best way to to, yeah. to view that one. I think also good effects for for when it came out. You know, this is out in where are we? When was this 20, out? I want to say 2015. Yeah, it is 2015. I, I think you know it felt like it came out a lot lot a lot earlier than that. But actually, I quite I quite enjoyed it. And I thought you know me, what, uh, you know, it's, worth, it's worth a fun watch, isn't it? Yeah. Let me belt out the next two real quick because we're getting pushed mm. for time. Uh, Tuesday Horror Channel 10:50. Just one of the all-time classics. This is uh, Reanimator, starring uh, Jeffrey Combs. It is a Stuart Gordon movie, a cult classic by by its very definition, uh, based on work of H.P. Lovecraft. It is the story of the mad scientist who's, you know built his monster, but done in a very, very Jeffrey Combs way. There's a billion sequels, comic book spin-offs, animated things. There's a whole universe that comes out of this, but this first movie, it's if you've never seen it, if you don't know anything about it, I can't recommend highly enough that you check out Reanimator. Just one of the seminal uh, exploitation horror pictures of the 1980s. And worth it, as I say, just for Jeffrey Combs. He's absolutely incredible. In this. You'll know Jeffrey Combs' work, obviously, from things like The Frighteners. Uh, he has quite a big presence in the Star Trek universe. And, of course, this is just incredible. I, I can't. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch this again myself. I love it that much. Okay. Wednesday, film four, um, ten past eleven. Gone Girl, which you and I have, have extolled a lot of, yeah. of, of, of love over over the years. It's it's over just such years. a great movie. So good. Isn't it? 
Yeah, really yeah. great movie. Fantastic performance from Rosamund Pike. And if you love her performance in this, I'd also encourage you on Amazon Prime to check out I Care A Lot as well. because Oh, she's back yes. Her, yeah, she's back to her Gone Girl best in that as well. Um, but also um, Ben Affleck's brilliant in this. And this is the kind of... Um, I suppose de- debut of Emily Ratajkowski, I think. Ratajkowski. Um, Ratajkowski, uh, yeah, so. um, model turned actress. You know, you knew her from the uh, Robin Thicke video, and now she's in this. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but yes, do you know what? In terms of an adaptation from the book to the film, I think it's very, very uh, true to the book. Um, there's one mm. or two little changes, but other than that, I think the way it works in kind of chapter and verse, it does that really well and it's fantastic. So again, another David Fincher movie, isn't it? Um, We're having a good good week fun. for the Finch, man. Yeah, exactly. Right, let's move on to Thursday. Really brilliant film that I know both Matt and I love, starring our girl Florence Pugh. Uh, this is on 4-7 at 9pm. It's Fighting With My Family. This is the true story of a wrestling family and the rise of British wrestling. What's her name? I can't remember Paige. who she is. Soraya Bevis, but her actual, yeah. but her wrestling name is Paige. I think she's, yeah, she's. I think it's, it's just Paige. She started out yeah. as Soraya and then became Paige. But yeah, she started out in Norfolk. I think, I think the wrestling family's from Norfolk originally. Yeah. Uh, the younger sister, younger brother both get the chance to go up for WWE tryouts. She gets in, he doesn't. Eww, family rift. But of course, the, the big charm that we saw of, I think we sort of forget about with this film yeah. is the parents. Yes, it's Lena Headey going back for another Game of Thrones yeah. reference. It's Lena Headey and Nick Frost as uh, Roy and uh, Soraya Bevis. As you'll hear in this wonderful clip in which they meet Zach, uh, the, 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 the son's girlfriend's uh, parents who have come over for what might be the most awkward family dinner ever. Anyway, I came back to the flat one night and there was uh, guns, money on the table, everything. So there was guns and money? Guns and money, yeah. right? done a job, haven't you? And I looked at him. The look said, essentially, Ricky, turn your back on crime, otherwise I'm going to turn my back on you. And he did. That's what I did. Never looked back. Some people find religion, but wrestling, we found wrestling, didn't we? It was our salvation. We found each other and all. Yeah. It's a tale as old as time itself, babe. Mm. Oh. Not this now, please. Oh, my God. The other thing I would say as well with this is right at the end, please, please stay and watch the real footage of the Mm. real family um, when they show that um, from their home videos versus what you've seen on screen for the hour or so. The actual actual full documentary is freely available on Vimeo. The actual documentary, Fighting With My Family, that Dwayne Johnson picked up the rights to to make this movie. Um, The director has put it in full on on Vimeo. Oh, brilliant. I'd love to watch that. Vegas interest worth checking out. It's a fascinating documentary. She's just this incredibly captivating subject. I mean, getting Florence Pugh to play is absolutely just, just that's a home home run right there. Yeah. The yeah. And you got Florence Pugh like, okay, kind of see what you did there, you sly boots. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> but, but yeah, Party with My Family is on 4, 7, 9 p.m. As you say, Friday night then, 10.35, BBC One Bex. It's Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Well, I'm going to hand this one straight over to you. This is on BBC One, 10.35pm, uh, uh, Friday night film. I had to pick it because I knew you'd love it. You know, this is this is the movie for you to give everyone that roundup as to why this should be their big Friday night movie. I can, I can make a legitimate argument that this is academically the strongest Marvel movie. Like I can I so. genuinely, out of 20-something films, I can I can hold this one up and say, this is the best film. And this is the one you watched. This is the Robert Redford thriller. 
so much so that it even has Robert Redford in it, which is one of the things that I just love for cheekiness. So this is Captain America. This is how do you do Captain America in the present day? And he answers that wonderfully. There's a mediation on the Patriot Act, civil liberties, government intrusion, surveillance. There's a lot being covered here. This is not a film that's shy to go places. And throughout all of this, it's still a movie about the frozen strongman fighting the computer bad guys. And it has all of that going on in the background. I mean, this is a movie with Frank Grillo in that still takes time to do academic mediations on personal liberty and freedom. I mean, wow. It's still a Captain America movie, though. It's got all the big explosions. It's got all the big set pieces. It's got all the cool characters, the, the lavishly expensive production design. It's got everything you love from a Marvel movie. But this is the one that really goes there with the, we have a point to make, and we're really going to make it, which is an argument. I, I can't even say that Black Panther does, because Black Panther has, you know, wobbly special effects that let it down. So all of that all of that movie's perfection is kind of undone a little bit by NAF effects. This kind of has it going on. So, yeah, Captain America the Winter Soldier, BBC One, 10.35 on Friday. I think it's the perfect way to end, end your week. And like I say, a Robert Redford movie, a Robert Redford-style movie, so good, they had to go and get Robert Redford to be in it. Welcome back to Off Screen. Van's taking herself a cold shower after talking about the Winter Soldier. So we've got him back. Um, and just in time to talk about not only streaming, but wow, for the first time in ages, something that's out on DVD and Blu-ray. Oh, no. Oh my goodness, it's like the past has come back to haunt us. But before we do that, let's just run through what we've got on streaming because I want to start talking about what is coming out on Netflix um, next Friday, which I'm so excited oh. about. This Are you is... Wrong? Well, okay, I'm going to tell you why. I'm intrigued. Maybe excited is the wrong word. I am intrigued. Mm -hmm. When I was growing up, and yeah. kind of getting into that kind of pre-teen age, there was one movie that I would watch again and again and again, and it was She's All That. And I loved it. The idea of, you know, the little sort of, um, the girl that, that, that nobody looks at twice suddenly blossoms into this beautiful flower and then suddenly the jock is like in love with her. I mean, it's all sorts of wrong in this today's woke society, but um, back in the 90s, it was kind of like the dream, every little girl who just liked things that weren't sport, you know, like art and drama and stuff and was like, you know, part of the band and all that kind of stuff, just dreamed of. Uh, that wasn't me, by the way. I was just generally across all, all bridges. I would, I very much enjoyed sport as well. Um, but now we have... This um, must be how your therapist feels. This is, this is bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to uncover with me. Um, we've now got He's All That um, for, uh, yeah, which is on Netflix and I, I am so intrigued by this because if it does not have a fat boy slim dance routine in this, I'm not interested is all I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean... I'll be really honest. I'm I'm desperately looking forward to the day he's all out finally debuts. It's next Friday, isn't it? On Netflix. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that Friday just for the inevitable GB News phone call. Like, can you come on and talk about how they're doing all these woke, gender flipped inversions of movies like She's All That? And I'll be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Go but ask, go ask, go ask your economics editor to do it again. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, that this actually is... happened, by the way. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. Well, look, I think this is like literally they've even got the same branding. So this is almost step by step what you'd expect, but flipped. Do you know who's in this? So the idea, first no. and foremost, is they are just doing the same movie again 
set in 2021, gender flipped. Right, I don't know who she is. I don't know who our sort of Freddie Prince Jr., uh, you know, uh, a Frederica Prince Jr. is in this, but I can tell you that um, our Rachel Lee Cook parable, who is now a dude, obviously, is played by Tana Buchanan from Cobra Kai. So Robbie from Cobra Kai is the new Rachel Lee Cook. Okay. Rachel Lee Cook, meanwhile, along with Matthew Lillard, turns up in this. They are appearing in this movie. I don't know who they're playing. Sold. (laughs) And here's where it gets even weirder. Kourtney Kardashian's in this. Oh, God. Back on the DVD. Yeah. Back in the bargain. I mean, is that that what we've come to now? We have to put Kardashians in movies? I'm not ready for that. Why do we have to put a crap Kardashian cameo? Into a movie. Which, just... which one is? Which one is Courtney? I don't even know which one Courtney is. She's the is. eldest. Courtney's the hot one? She's no, the, okay, she, no, do no. you know what? She's the most natural, I think, is what I would say. The, okay. I can tell you the lead, I believe, is named Addison Ray. So I, Ooh, I, I, I wish her a long and prosperous career. I feel like yeah, Addison yeah, Ray is actually a YouTuber. Is she? That I would not think. shock me. Hang on, hang on. Yeah. Oh, oh he's we've reached our phones. Spy cat. No, we are now. I mean, she's got like no credits to her name. And there's like yeah, six acting credits. Oh, I mean, these all seem to be video shorts. YouTube. Yeah, Addison Ray. Yeah. yeah, she is a YouTuber. Good Lord, somebody put me back in the fridge. So maybe now I'm not <sighs> so excited. No, no. So a YouTuber and Robbie from Cobra Kai are leading the gender uh, okay I'm, I'm do you know what I'm, I'm with you i'm just gonna hope for the fat boy slim track okay, let's just hope for fine, the small things fine. well let's what else on. we got what else we got coming out that day we've all oh, 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 oh we've got a couple of these right two two yeah. biggies on disney plus same day yes. right okay first of all we've got cruella we got to talk about cruella that came out quite recently um this last week i think emma stone finally signed on for cruella 2 yeah she did so evidently all the evidently hansen kind of yeah know. yeah she's decided that she's not going to sue disney evidently yeah but uh, what's probably because they do a really good job of savaging you if you do what's interesting about this is i would be really annoyed if i'd have paid that near 20 pounds on disney plus uh, premiere access mm. only a couple of months ago to watch this movie and all of a sudden but that's it's the model, isn't it? free but it's that's yeah, so that's... quick that is so quick to then move it onto a free subscriber watch i can't remember what the actual time shift is i think they i think it is the old when was cruella was it 90 days ago because I think Disney might be holding with the uh, Premier Access thing to their original, that old school 90-day theatrical window that they used to, because they used to really antagonize multiplexes with that. I remember one of, I think it was Alice in Wonderland, they went to war with, I think, Cineworld over it because they wanted to break the 90-day cycle for a movie that yeah. uh, history now records far. as being absolute trash. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, Cruella, if you missed it... Um, in cinemas and on Disney Plus Premier Access, hopefully 90 days ago, you can now see it at home and get the origin story of everyone's favourite puppy killer. Stella, it's been so long. You know, I kept staring at you at the party and then it came to me. That's a Stella from school. It's not a Stella. That's the past. I'm Cruella. So you you go to parties and you take pictures and you print gossip. That's your job? Yes, well, not as fun as it sounds. Oh, it doesn't sound fun. It sounds useful. Oh. Bit of a 
mixed bag of reviews when it came to mm. Cruella. You know, some people, I, the public, people, the public that watched this really loved it. Um, the critics, yeah, uh, critics liked it. Didn't think it was groundbreaking, but you know, visually, you know, with all the punk era stuff like that, it, it, it looks really cool. I, the, I thought it was very slow. I just wanted it to get mm. to get close, like move along a lot quicker. Um, particularly the beginning bit, but you know, it's, it's worth a watch. It just felt way too long mm. for what it was. But yeah, lots of people weird for a kids' it. movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I don't know what children are particularly interested in you know the, the London fashion scene of the 1970s and punk rock music but yeah. okay I mean there's got to be some cool kids out there I guess but it's got some puppies and you know what it has to it has to balance that out with like keeping the parents entertained as well <laughs> can we just can we just point out the the best thing about Cruella and I'm I, I will never not give it props for this I'm going to give them props for this forever right if you told me three years ago, right, okay, the Cruella movie's going to happen, it's the chick from Zombieland, uh, director of I, Tonya, that's happening, Cruella prequel, the origin story. My response genuinely is would have been at the time, I was like, what, puppies kill a mom or something? Dalmatians killed her parents? What? How does this movie begin? Dalmatians killed her mom. Oh, oh my God. That, that you actually, and I wouldn't mind, that's not a spoiler, they put it in the trailer, front and center in the trailer. That's brilliant. Imagine being the guy that went into Disney Studios that Monday morning with the Starbucks and the donuts underhand. Guys, guys, I've cracked it. I know just what we're going to do. Dalmatians killed her mum. Steve, you've done it again. Oh, yeah. Oh, Six PR out of mouth going, oh. Knocking them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. Um, right, okay, let's move on from Cruella because lots of people will have already seen that and they know it. There's yep. another one on Disney Plus called Vacation Friends, which is out the same day, Friday, next week. Tell me about that one. You, right, have, you, have you seen the trailer for this? No, I haven't, no. No, okay. This is a new movie. It's, uh, it's a Hulu movie, which means it's going to Disney Plus here in the UK. Now, funnily enough, this is a comedy starring, of all the people who haven't had a release out lately, John Cena. Oh. And Lil Rel and Lil Rel Howley, who's of course in Free Guy. John Cena's got Suicide Squad at the box office. Lil Rel's got uh, Free Guy at the box office. Now they've got a movie together. It's going to be on streaming. John Cena and his wife, who I forget who plays her here. His wife is played by Meredith Hagner, I think. Meredith Hagner and John Cena are a, pa a pair of sort of weirdos, effectively, okay. who befriended Lil Rel and his wife on a holiday and now just sort of show up in real life being like, hey, you said keep in touch. You gave us your number and said to keep in touch. And now they do. Now, hopefully oh, no. we will review this next week. Yeah. And John Cena's going like full, like manic, train wreck, sisters Oh, I'm excited comedic. about this. Yeah, he's going out, out and out comedic on this one. So I'm really looking forward okay. to it. When is John Cena not hilarious? Yep. Lil Rel's great. This has got win written all over it. Hope I'm right. We'll yeah, find me out too. Next week oh, I look forward to reviewing this. Great. So, okay. um, one final one then. What we got? We got something on DVD and Blu-ray for a change. I know. What is that? Thing. What is this DVD and Blu-ray that we speak of? It feels it's so from ancient. The it's from the before times, Rebecca. Oh, yes. From the before times when we would have the monolithic discs of old. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> how one would call it. But also, we have a movie which you described to me off-air as completely forgettable. You can't even remember it. <laughs> 
Well, it's Luca. This is the funny thing. This was on, on Disney Plus when it dropped. I don't think this was a premiere access. I think they just put this one out. And it was basically brave for Italians, crossed with a little bit of The Little Mermaid. So you've got, you know, little merman boy goes on land, finds that when he steps out of the water, he looks like a regular human boy. He loves mopeds. He's going to enter a race and win a moped. Because I, not every idea that comes out of Disney is going to be a winner. I brought some friends for dinner. Is there enough for four? Oh, what's wrong with you, stupid? Uh. <laughs> Why do you think he kills with those? Anything that swims. <laughs> History journal today. Ugh, that photo's a fake, Papa. Everyone in Portarosa pretends to believe in sea monsters. I think if you just wanted to see an animated version of the Amalfi Coast, then this is probably the, uh, <laughs> the movie for you, isn't it? But, lovely um, looking, lovely looking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's Luca. That's out on DVD and Blu-ray. You've also got He's All That, Cruella, and Vacation Friends on streaming. And that, ladies and gents, wraps us up for another week on Off Screen. And what a week it's been! It's the week where we predict that maybe, just maybe, Nicolas Cage might pick up another Oscar in the next. God, season. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> oh, I really, I, do, I really do. I think Pig is tremendous. I, I'm going to watch it again this weekend. That's how much I love Pig. I, I think I'll everyone, you just, if you see nothing, sod snake eyes, just go and watch Pig. Pig is incredible. Well, there you go. If if he does get no, at least nominated, you know where you heard it first. You heard it here at <laughs> Offscreen. And of course, we'll be back with more predictions and more fantastic movies next week. Um, we'll be reviewing Vacation Friends. We've also got some other big stuff coming out for you next week as well. So we will be with you as we are each and every Friday to cover all of your big screen, little screen, and also streaming and DVD and Blu-ray, if there's more available for you as well. I've just remembered, isn't next week Candyman finally? Now, doesn't Candyman finally come out next week? Because I've just got a screening be. on the books for that. Yeah. It may Oof. well be. Oh, I'm looking forward to coming Ooh. back, Rex. There we go, there we go. Right, well, for now, we'll leave you with all these goodies. And I've been Vex Perfect. I've been Van Connor, and we shall return. What's going down? Going on. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> going just... It's a good thing if the rent goes down, Bex. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was joking. I didn't know what's going on. <laughs> this is absolutely going after the end credits.